What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. The gang is back together as Shamari makes his return this week. After not being here uh, last week, we got uh, so lots of talk about. You know, the big story last week was that um, big, big scoop by Umberto Gonzalez about uh, Michael Keaton uh, potentially joining the uh, Flashpoint movie for DC. And now we're learning about a potential plan B that is now also uh, uh, garnering a lot of headlines. So we'll, we'll talk about what that plan B is and whether or not that's uh, maybe even a better approach than plan A. I'm actually curious to see what my co-hosts think about that. Um, also on today's show, Anthony Mackie discusses uh, what we can expect from the Falcon Winter Soldier show. I think that um, his characterization for this series of debuting on Disney Plus will have fans excited, so we'll, we will talk about that as well. And what exactly is going on with the Green Arrow and the Canaries? We don't really know, but apparently we're going to learn soon, so we'll uh, we'll make sure we uh, give you guys the latest we're learning on that, because it seems like that saga may be coming to an end in terms of will it or won't it get picked up by CW. So, as I said at the top of the show, joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Now, Shamari... I got to say, man, um, first of all, it's great to have you back. And uh, yep, I, before we did this show, uh, before we, we ended up, I, I didn't do preparation for the show, I came across uh, a Ray Fisher tweet. You know, obviously you guys know Ray Fisher, the uh, cyborg uh, star, or the guy who played Justice League, uh, cyborg in Justice League. And we talked about it before, but the, man, the way... DC and Warner Brothers eats its own <laughs> for the sake of pushing whatever agenda they're trying to push at that moment in time is fascinating because I came across this Ray Fisher tweet. I saw a lot of people like that. I'm like, why is Ray Fisher coming out? I don't follow him. No disrespect to him. I have no beef with him, but I just don't follow him. I was like, Ray Fisher's on my timeline. What's going on? And I see it's him at Comic-Con with uh, homeboy Aquaman, um, Momoa. And I'm like, okay, this clearly wasn't this year. What's going on? Is he's on? A, he's at like a he's at a Comic Con panel, and the tweet says, "I'd like to take a moment to forcefully retract every bit of this statement." And I'm like, hmm, okay. Well, I know obviously, you know, we're in very tense times, and there's been some uh, people who have you know been getting quote unquote canceled, and there's been a lot of people who've been having to retract previous statements. I thought, okay, maybe you know Fisher got caught something he wants to take back that he said publicly. I don't know. But anyway, I played a video, and Shamar, this was a quote from Ray Fisher. He says, Josh Whedon is a great guy, and Zach picked a good person to come in and clean up and finish up for him. That was the statement that he now says he wants to take the moment to forcefully retract every bit of. (laughs) Which, I mean, that's a pretty brutal statement, Sham. No? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, I don't know. I, I, have we heard anything about Whedon and how Whedon is as a as a as a as a town as a director? Is, I, mean, I don't he, think he's he not liked, a, but is he a Kennedy? Is he a Kathleen Kennedy? Type? <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. You hear the thing about Christopher Nolan today came out about how mm-hmm. he doesn't let uh, an athlete say he doesn't he doesn't allow seats or chairs on set mm. because uh, if, you, if you're sitting, then you're not working. Mm. And uh, which someone was like, someone tweeted, every retail manager 
Uh, oh yeah, I've heard that a million yeah, times. If you, oh, if you if, if you lean, if you can lean, you can clean. <laughs> you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a vintage quote. So you know, I mean, I hope I hope he's not sitting on set <laughs> if he's saying stuff like that. So yeah, I don't think Weeden's that bad, but. You know, there's the Ray Fisher, the fact that Ray Fisher got cut out of the movie, basically. So, mm, uh, I didn't think about that. About that. That is true. It's funny. I did read an article because I was randomly, uh, and Kendall obviously is on this sh- today's show. What's up, Kendall? Yes. Um, yeah, I was reading an article. I don't know why. Uh, I was doing some Doom Patrol stuff because we're going to be talking about Doom Patrol, by the way, uh, which I didn't talk about at the top of the show. Um, probably would have been my intro to Kendall, but we are going to talk about Doom Patrol. Obviously, season two started episodes one, two, and three. I'm really excited to talk about that. So I was looking at Doom Patrol, looking at uh, Cyborg stuff, and I read an article about, you know, uh, I think Screen Rant did an article about why they thought um, uh, Doom Patrol did a much better job of introducing Cyborg and, and kind of creating Cyborg than the DCEU did, which is 100% how I feel as well. Um, so I didn't think about that aspect of it. That's a good point, Kevin, that perhaps the Ray Fisher Cyborg character we saw, which I think a lot of people really were kind of underwhelmed by his portrayal, maybe he kind of gives weed and blame for that but it's just but like to me what's weird about this though is that you guys remember how everybody in warner brothers was just burying zach Snyder when they had the chance yes when that when when that when the house of cards was falling down on zach Snyder, everybody attached that part to that project was burying him all of them and it's just it just looks real phony to me to then now that Snyder's back in the fold and things are all good to now be like, let's bury Joss Whedon, which I know the fans are doing, and that's been happening already. But I don't know. I look at this and I'm like, yo, this feels like same old DC to me, Sham. I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh with just this one tweet. But, I mean, the, the, the statement is pretty, it's like, it's not that even intense. Like, the statement that's like, you know, he's a good guy, and I think that he's a good person to come in and clean up and finish out the movie. He's saying, I retract every bit of this. So you're saying, is he not a great guy? Uh, Zach Snyder did not put a good per- pick a good person to come in and clean up? I mean, man, that's a harsh statement to say. I don't know. That, that seems I mean, harsh to me. Very, it's very personal. It makes me you're right, yeah. You know, it's it, it, obviously something happened behind the scenes that we just don't know about. You know, something, something recent. Because you wouldn't just come out and say something like this out of nowhere. So some there was some text exchange or some phone calls or something. He found something out and needed to vent. So I think that's clearly what happened there. We don't know what happened exactly, but you know, this is, this is something behind the scenes that we we clearly have no knowledge of that's happening man, right now. Man, the one thing I will say is, yo, this Snyder Cut better not be mid. I'm telling you, like for this dude to be talking like this. And for a lot of what Warner Brothers and the, the the DC fans that love Zack Snyder and love his work, man, if this if this joint is mediocre, this they're gonna look crazy. Cause he's like this to me is like basically putting that stamp through like, yo, man, if it wasn't for this clown, this movie would have been hot. And it's like again, Zack Snyder's past with the DC movies was checkered at best. And we can argue about how much of the movie we saw actually was Zack Snyder's vision, but there's elements of the movie we saw that was his vision that didn't look that great. So I just think statements like this are very bold considering the guy he's backing. But again, it seems like, again, with DC, it's like whenever there's, whenever, wherever the wind goes, it seems like people just bury whoever the guy is that's no longer really attached to him. I don't know. I, 
maybe Josh isn't a great guy, and maybe he was mean to Ray Fisher, um, and, or maybe he's just mean to anybody. Who knows? I, I don't know. Uh, I just thought, though, this was kind of like, man, here we go again. It's like before y'all were burying Josh Whedon, not to be fair, I'm not saying Fisher did. In fact, I think Fisher is probably one of the few people who was so who was strongly in Snyder's corner during all of this. But a lot of his castmates, a lot of his people who working in that DC offices, they were not. And that made it easier for them to move on from Zack Snyder because how quick they were to bury him. So to see now the burying of Josh Whedon coming from DC uh, uh, employees, I'm like. Really? So y'all the ones who came up with the plan to make this guy yeah. the director. Now y'all burying him, like it, it, for the guy that you buried two years ago. <laughs> like it's like this is this looks crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I definitely feel like Ray Fisher. It seems as if this is was his opportunity. Like anything that he ever said positive about about Joss Whedon was fluff. That was you know studio fluff. Company, he was saying the company line. Uh, now I think he feels like he's free to say what he what he what he really wants. Um, and it, part of it wasn't fluff because Whedon hadn't worked on the movie yet, or Whedon hadn't done anything. Some of it was probably optimism, but having seen in hindsight, I think he uh, he he's willing to say I'm going to retract the statement. I wouldn't have done it just for you know you know PR purposes. I don't think it's the best look, but. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. You know, he's a grown man. You know, he feels like he feel like Snyder's a better option going forward. He probably didn't think Snyder was coming back, but now that he is, I'm sure he's excited. Um, but how do you guys feel about uh, this new Avengers game that we got unveiled this week? Or at least we got further details on. I, I, I've read nothing about this. Uh, that game, that game looks dope. I mean, I, I mean, you guys know I, play, I got to play a portion of it. Um, that's true. during New York Comic Con. And, I mean, it was very much an introductory type thing, but it was fun. You know, I mean, the gameplay, I mean, it was smooth, it wasn't bumpy, it wasn't, you know, hard to control or anything like that. It didn't feel in our, inorganic. Right. You know, so, I, I mean, it, I thought it, it was It seems fun. what we've learned is that Kamala Khan is going to be at the center of the story. You know, yeah, relatively be kind of from her perspective... Uh, at least a portion of it. Yeah, as far as we know, yeah. Uh, and that the villains, Modok, Modok, which is an interesting Modok that we haven't Modok seen. Um, something we haven't seen in a in a in a long time. Um, certainly, yeah, maybe a precursor to. Are, isn't there a rumor that Modok's going to be a villain? When well, yeah. Is? You know, you wonder about the whole thing of whether it's a precursor to the movies. Uh, Ant Man three certainly seems like an an interesting fit for Modok right. as a character. But, um, but no, yeah, I mean, there's still some, some massive issues, I think, with the character designs, but, um, other than that, you know, I, it seems like it could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I gotta check it out. I, I know there's been a lot of stuff out there. Um, I did hear about MODOK and Miss uh, Marvel being a big part of the story. The MODOK is a villain that I don't think he's gonna end up being the main villain at the end. I, I agree with that. Else. Really? Yeah. yeah and it's not like a, it's not a distant Modoc. I mean, Modoc is great, but I don't think that I can't imagine that at the very, very end of this game, beating Modoc is how you win. Like I, I guarantee you, that's not going to happen. It's going to be <laughs> some other big bad, and and to me, that's kind of how Modoc has always served his purpose. So like Modoc, 
Yeah, like Modok <laughs> is always like, you know, the villain you beat to kind of get to the villain in a lot of senses. Or, or he's among a team of villains you got to de- right. got to defeat. Or when, My, you beat him, when you beat him, you realize, oh, there's a bigger threat to this than I realized. Like, he's never the end game. No, no pun intended. Yeah, my, my guess would be if you're if you're right about that my guess is it would be doom because i i don't think i mean thanos i'm tired of the thanos story no, they can't they can't do thanos i don't want I don't you want know thanos. like we're so yeah, done with thanos at this point you know he's been in every video game every movie every every cartoon they've done thanos i mean and isn't he the villain in whatchamacallit and uh ultimate alliance ultimate alliance yeah, yeah. marvelous capcom Always Capcom. I mean, True <laughs> you know, so it, 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 that's gotten that's got a bit tiresome. Um, but uh, but there's still plenty of other stories. Uh, there's plenty of other big bads. But I think Doom seems to be the one that makes the most sense if you're doing Modok. Given that I wish tech- someone would have the guts to make Norman Osborn a main villain or something. Be patient, like, EJ. Feige's working. I hope so, man. Because, like, again, (laughs) I know I'm biased (laughs) to having my reading of comic books being in that time between 2005 and 2010. But when I think about Dark Reign, how Norman Osborn was the villain of the entire Marvel Universe, at least on Earth, and how great he was as that top heel, (laughs) I think that no one has explored that. And, and to be fair, a lot of it's contractual. It's not like anybody's fault. Like, you know, if you're doing it with Sony, it's got to be in the Green Goblin, you know, you know, in the Green Goblin, uh, you know, playground. Look, you can't really go Spider-Man that. never gave him a third movie. Who knows what they do with Norman Osborn with a third movie, man. The Oscorp stuff was getting crazy. Yeah, I think we, they they did us a, they did us a favor by not uh, not making us see a third movie. I saw a tweet today that was like, "Yo, Spider-Man two greater than." Far from home, and I was like, "Man, this is why some people shouldn't be on the internet." Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yes, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yes, to be clear, not yeah, Spider-Man Two and Far From Home. That's a debate, and I would argue maybe Spider-Man Two is better. But Far From, sorry, the the Amazing Spider-Man Two greater than Far From Home. And I was like, "See, not everybody needs to be on the internet. Some people we can just, you know, I don't Twitter know, them- as you know, violent, you know, <laughs> yeah." Comments. They make them a their dangerous commentator. We don't need to hear their views. That's fine. Very, that I'd be all for that. Some people, yeah. need, some people need to be flagged for their stupidity online. Yeah, you need to be in a solitary confinement if you think Amazing Spider-Man Two is better. <laughs> Far from home. I'm sorry, that movie is. We'll be talking about. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, and we will have a Spider-Man topic later on in the show as well. So that should be uh, good. But let's let's get to the show. Uh, we've done enough. Uh. Um, open around here on stuff that's not main topics of the show. Let's start with the top story, which is um, last week, as we discussed, Michael Keaton's discussion with Warner Brothers uh, to return as uh, the Cape Crusader for the upcoming Flash movie are indeed um, plowing through. And by all accounts, there's no reason to believe that they won't end up working out. But you guys know how Hollywood is. We've covered plenty of stories of people being in the fold and then not being in the fold or things being agreed to and then not being agreed to. So, Warner Brothers being smart, obviously you gotta have a plan B. You gotta have a plan. Really, you gotta have a plan. Probably B, C, D, E, F. You know the whole alphabet. And one of these contingency plans is fascinating to me because um, if the Keaton deal doesn't work out, DC reportedly um, would shift its focus to recruiting Christian Bale onto the project. So Christian Bale, obviously, he was the Christopher Nolan Batman during that Batman trilogy. When he hung up the cowl, whenever uh, 
the third movie came out, he said he was never going to be Batman again. Um, and Or at least he definitely wouldn't do it as long as Nolan wasn't involved. <laughs> so this was like, this was like kind of shocking. And I'll be, I'm going to say out flat out right now, I don't know if I believe this. But really? this is, um, well, let me put it this way. Question your sources. Would Warner Brothers ask or make the talk to him? Right, right. I'm right. sure. Is, is Do they think they have any chance to get him? No. That's that's how I feel initially, and I guess I'll expand on that a little bit right. before I ask you guys. Uh, you know, would this be a smart move, and do you think this is even possible, Sham? Um, would this be a smart move? Yeah, I think it'd be a very smart move. Um, you know, I think no, I think Bale's Batman would would I think would Bale's Batman would hit a lot more notes with the younger audiences than Keaton's Batman. I think I'd say a good a good sixty five percent of the audience at least is not going to know who Keaton's Batman is. Right. You know, so it, it'll be a deep cut. You know, sixty five percent are are just not going to know who he is, or they're going to have to either remember like what movie was that? Yeah, that was that movie that came out like what the thirty years ago? Yeah, it's been like uh, they'd have to like think <laughs> about it. You know, so I think um, what I mean, percentage I, I, what percentage of people? Because I would agree that I think. If you're under 25, Keaton's yeah, going to be absolutely. tough. I know we you're all, obviously, you got, I know I'm not under 25, neither are you, Sham, but Kendall is. But we're in that ballpark, and we all know Keaton is Batman. We've all watched those Batman movies. But what percentage, Shamar, do you think is the percentage of people that will see the Flashpoint movie that's under 25? That will, that will see the movie? Yeah. Like, that's that will go to the movie, that will go to the movie theaters. That will go to the... Well, well, that's a whole other. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Okay, yeah, they'd be probably relatively high. Let's let's just say under under let's just say under normal circumstances. Let's figure right, out okay. COVID for a second. Well, see the movie, even not yeah. theaters. Yeah, know, exactly. Uh, it's gonna be it, that's gonna be most of them. Um, most so really be, okay. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be most. Sixty um, to sixty-five, I would say. Wow, that's a high number. I would say well, twenty-five. I mean, under twenty-five, I'd say like sixty percent. Yeah, probably. I'd say sixty is probably about around. around. That's what I would say. Um, mm. Not that, not that you know, older people aren't. I mean, it's comic book stuff, right? And I mean, I feel like younger audiences are always going to be kind of more. But interested does Keaton bring in, in older audiences? That's the although the other question. I mean, that people is that question. like look at some young, you know, Ezra Miller Flash, you're like, ah, I don't got to see this clown. But then you see Michael Keaton's Batman. I mean, you're like, oh, I remember be, that. Not to be fair, I don't, I don't <laughs> know how Keaton's Batman resonated at the time when that movie came out. I don't, I have no knowledge of that. Oh, he right. hit. He, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, he hit. I wasn't alive, but at least not for the first one. But he, I, I think many people <clears throat> still think that's he's the best Batman. Batman. Like yeah. I don't, I think that I think that's I think if you polled everyone, I think he'd still win. I know that's maybe. I think that's it's like, arguable. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it's. Bill, oh, I I think a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people love Michael Keaton. I think a lot of people may love those Batman movies more. But if you're saying who's your favorite Batman, That's I right. think it's a, I think it's a dead heat in that race it's between close. him and Bale. Yeah. yeah, it's enough to where I like I said I do think that that'll bring people out, which is why they're considering it. Right. The question is, was it too long ago? Right. You know what and I'm saying? Like, yeah, you could say he's your favorite, but do you want to see him as Batman now? Like that. That's different. You know, that that's like saying Michael Jordan. I like Michael Jordan more than LeBron James. So, okay. But do you, would, are you going to go see Michael Jordan at 55 play for the Chicago Bulls? Or do you want to see LeBron James at 35 playing for the Lakers the way he's played? So like, you know, like, so that's 
So, at, like, while he could end up, yes, being people's favorite and people thinking that he's the best, maybe, I don't necessarily know how much that means older folks who maybe would not have given Flashpoint a second glance will now say, oh, I want to see Keaton as Batman again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So I I am... I, I think Nolan... I think... I think Nolan just. I think you'll get. You're gonna get more people with Nolan. I mean. I mean. What? Well, not Nolan. With Bale. Well, you, you, you definitely with Nolan, but more Bale. Would, well, I'll just say that for one. But with Bale, you. You. I, I just. <laughs> I just think you're definitely gonna get more people. I. I, re, I really do. I mean, it's gonna resonate with older audiences, younger audiences. There, everyone's gonna know. Oh wow, this is. This is yeah. Batman. Yeah. You know. To this and current generation, to this current generation, he's Batman. It's he's not Batman. Affleck. You know, it's, it's not Affleck. It's yeah, still it's, Christian I mean, Bale. It's not Affleck. So it's still, it's definitely still Bale. So if they do that, that will resonate with more people. Do I think it will happen? I mean, probably not. Um, I mean, I mean, and just to go off a uh, uh, beam path a little bit, I'm still, I'm still alarmed that you know we're still. Flashpoint is still with Ezra Miller. Oh, and the whole, whole controversy. No, yeah. I mean, it's still alarming yeah. to me. Just you weren't here last week. So. I wasn't here last week, but yeah. it's still alarming. <laughs> yeah, you know that it's just like nothing happened. Um, you know, it's just full steam ahead, yeah. and oh, who's gonna be the Batman? Yeah, who's we, gonna fight we the talked Flash? About last week. You know, I mean, I think they, I think they, they could very well be in for a rude awakening, but especially um, with all this stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, that's why. That's what I told. That's why I told uh, EJ. I was like, I think when I made I mean, my Ezra comments Miller's before, time is coming. When I made my time, when I made my comments before, we were at a different point in the country. You know, it was way more. While yes, things were still hot because of COVID, the idea of you know cancel the cancel culture that has went from zero to one hundred in the past couple of months. I mean, if you have a blockbuster movie with this guy that was on video abusing yeah. a woman, yeah, it, like I know, I listen probably. But he's gonna have to answer those down. That's it'll be fascinating. Uh, but I'll, they seem to be going full steam ahead. Yeah, our listeners probably feel like it's Groundhog Day how many times we bring up this Ezra Miller thing. But I think we all understand. I think that like while no major outlets and a lot of these other podcasts, I don't think are really broaching it. And I don't want to hammer home this thing that people were like, "Y'all talking about this again?" But yo, this is gonna be huge when if they go forward with this, like. I don't think people understand when that iceberg hits, because it will hit if they move forward with him. It's going to be a massive story, and yeah. and unless maybe I'm have, wrong. No, maybe you know, unless they've got a story to tell, which if they have a story to tell, why they haven't told it is odd. But if, it, if they have a story to tell, then it may not be anything. Yeah, there's but, no way. There's no way, homie. Homie is going to survive this without them doing you're something. Saying, you're still going. You guys are still going with that. Ezra Miller, this movie ain't gonna be with Ezra Miller at the Flash. No, the way they're getting rid of people now, like it's because all it all it takes is now, now you got that story, but then all it takes is just a second person to be like, you know, oh he did this to me too, and then it's over, then it's a wrap. Once you get multiple people, and a lot of times, unfortunately, you got these cases where people multiple times have been. It's very likely in your life that you've been in a hole more than once. So all it takes is a second person to be like, hey, he did this to me too, and then it's a wrap for him. So I, I don't know. I think I think they have a lot of explaining to do. But back on that, Bale real quick. I, yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much on Ezra. Yeah. What are you going to say real I, quick? No, yeah, I was going to say, like, the thing about Bale was that 
I think the question you have to ask is, is Bale, because we obviously think Bale makes more sense than Keaton from a making money standpoint. Yes. Um, like Bale's the that's the that's the golden goose. He makes more sense from a storytelling standpoint to me too. Probably. But I'll talk about that in a sec. He's the golden goose. So why, if you're Warner Brothers, are you not going after Bale first? Why is he your backup plan? Why I think that's the case, I don't necessarily think it's because they don't think they can get Bale. I think, and maybe that's that's part of it, but I think they're weighing the risk of putting Bale on this Flash project, which is not a guaranteed success. Could that hurt the Dark Knight shine? Will, like, putting Bale in this movie, like, if you're Bale, why am I going to go into a DCEU movie? I don't think he should. <laughs> that's me. But again, I'll talk about so that. Maybe in a that's second. part of the whole. He's not going to do it. Like again, I get why Warner Bros. would want him. I don't think Warner Bros. The Dark Knight's a great movie. It'll always be a great movie. So I don't think they're that scared of like, oh, this movie's bad. Nobody will like the Dark Knight anymore. But it's it is one of those things where it's like you know you don't mess up a good thing. So you're not just going to put anybody in any property. So because of that, I think Warner Brothers would like. To not have to use Christian Bale. And they feel like, all right, Keaton, that's an old movie. Again, like you said, no one remembers. It was a long time ago. It's it's you know, the the its legacy is set in stone. It's like he's gonna be playing a completely different character at this point. You know, like and if they have other ideas for the character going forward, like Batman Beyond, you can you can still institute those same things. Also, because those that movie was such a long time ago, you do have the same thing of, or you do have the factor of, all right, now you're really going to a different universe. Like that Gotham was was way different than like the Gotham we saw in the Nolan verse is kind of a, it's it, it's like New York City, like it's any real kind of city. Mm-hmm. You know, Burton Gotham was a little bit more comic esque. And because of that, you can maybe you can exaggerate that in this Flash movie and make it really feel, oh, yeah, I'm in a different universe. What is this? And so I think it would be kind of awkward bringing Bale into this movie. Are you going to have, whatchamacallit, go into the Nolanverse? I mean, you can do that, and that'd be great. That's what I, That's what he, he would do if I was doing yeah, that. He would do, but that's, that's a risky, risky game, man. The Nolanverse is a... You know how does Christopher Nolan feel? Yeah, about that's how that's how old ground, and you know Nolan he's is brothers, man. Yeah, he's, he's moving. The, he's moving the needle for the tenant release date. He's, yeah, he's he's the shots. How does he feel about you now coming in and and kind of mess playing in his in his sandcastle, playing his sandbox? I should say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So there are a lot of reasons why, even though Bale is the obvious choice for a lot of reasons. They're not going to, they're not prioritizing going after Bale. He's the backup plan. You know, it's one of those, it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, in case we really have to use him, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like you're ace in the hole. It's like, I don't really want to have to use this, but if I have to, I guess I will. But there are other measures we can, we would rather institute if we can. But if we have to, 
this is our major play, you know, so we're kind of, you know, it's like, a, it's like a, it's a Hail Mary, exactly, a Hail Mary, you know, it's like a nuclear, a nuclear option, and that's, that's what this is, but I don't think it's something, I don't think it's a risk that Warner Brothers would prefer to take. Now, I think, so, let me, let me, let me take this in multiple avenues, like I said, I don't, I don't think this will happen because I don't think that no uh, bail would want to do this, nor should he. Now, from DC's standpoint, I think that there are, are there are pros and cons for going both routes. I see why the universe, the Burton verse, would fit tone wise way better with this Ezra Miller Flash than the Nolan verse. I think without question. I think, I think, I think he could be in both, but I think that, like him, kind of in like like campy world that Burton and that weird world that Burton created, I think probably provides more comic relief and the stuff they're looking for than anything that was in the Nolan verse. Not saying Nolan he couldn't also that craft Flash character could be great in Nolan verse, but I think it's it's probably a lot writing around that could be a little you're gonna have to really write some stuff that has to make it feel feel authentic to what nolan was doing but not make it look like a joke that's a it's a it's a tight walk it's not impossible but it's it's definitely a tight walk at the same time the reason why i i I did say that i think overall i do think that bail would still be the better fit is because if you're talking about multiple uh multiple movies with this batman that's what we've been hearing it's not just this Flash when you're talking about, uh, you know, a Batgirl movie, who knows what other movies you're, you're doing in the future. If that's the route you're going, you know, Bale and his age and, you know, and, you know, no just to obviously, uh, uh, you know, um, Keaton, who looks great for his age and um, is in great shape. But obviously, I think if you're talking about building your DC worlds of DC universe for the future, Bale's probably in better position to be that elder statesman Batman for longer than uh, Keaton would. Like, I'd much rather have that Bale interacting with Batgirl, interacting with Nightwing. You know, like those characters, I want, I'd want. i much rather have that Bale than Keaton just because I think that, I think it's more believable that he'll be around longer. I think it'll be more credible that he can actually put on the cowl and actually, you know, throw down than it will be with uh, Michael Keaton. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Keaton obviously was amazing as uh, the Vulture, and that was an action character that he pulled off in a great way. But, um, but again, we're, you know, who knows when we start shooting Flash? And the other, who knows when the next movie after that starts shooting? I mean, we could be talking about, you know, two, you know, uh, Keaton appearances in six or seven years, and it's like, okay, after that point, I don't know how much more you're gonna have Keaton as Batman. Now we have no Batman in this universe again. Like, I don't know. Obviously, well, Bale has a lot more shelf life in that regard. The other, and it's it's honestly kind of I don't want to say sad, but it's kind of odd that we haven't even mentioned the name in this entire segment. The other reason why they're not gonna do, or they rather at least not do Christian Bale, is he would absolutely overshadow Robert Pattinson. Absolutely. And anything he yeah. does, and you know we haven't even mentioned Robert Pattinson at this point, and Michael Keaton. Again, completely different character than what Robert Pattinson is. Robert Pattinson, you compare him to Christian Bale, people are going to be like, get this guy out of here. Let's get do a, another Bale movie. Let's get another Dark Knight in there. <laughs> and, again, maybe that's not realistic. And maybe people have to understand that just in the same way it wouldn't be realistic to do a Michael Keaton Batman movie. It wouldn't be realistic to do a Christian Bale movie. But 
don't know, just a lot of weird things about, you know, bringing that Bale character over and me having to believe that it's like, I don't know. It's, think, it's just a huge risk. I think people are asleep on this Batman movie. Wait, I wait, think this wait. thing. I think this thing could 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 really be uh, something special. This Pattinson Reeves. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that we're even calling Batman. for all this stuff, it's like wow. I mean, this movie's really you know kind of falling under yeah. the radar now at this point. Yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. when Affleck was casted, we'd be talking about yeah. So we're also gonna bring back. You know, Keaton, and no, oh, maybe we should bring back, right. you know, George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who are we bringing back to play with Affleck? Adam West. And... Yeah, Adam West, bring Adam West back. Like, <laughs> you know how crazy that would sound, but yeah, that's where we're at now. But look, Joker was great, and so I think Joker really opened the eyes of people saying, all right, we're going to have multiple Jokers. You know, I mean, Leto, I wouldn't really count him as an active Joker at this point, but he was recently the Joker, and they brought in another character outside mm-hmm. of the DCU that was even better. So this idea that you could have two characters active at the same time or in the near kind of future isn't uh, super foreign for DC. Yeah, and I think that, um, yeah, for sure. But I think at the end of the day, as I said, I don't think Bale should take this because I think it's uh, too risky. I think that the Dark Knight movies are hallowed ground. And I, I think for him, I almost think that he's such a large in life in this era, he's such a larger-than-life figure as Batman that the idea that he'd be a side character in other movies seems beneath him to me. Especially for a guy who's not in anywhere near... Like, he's still in his acting prime. I'm not talking about acting prime as an action hero, but just at an actor, period. He's only 46. He has 30 more years for acting, really, in, in legitimately. like So, for someone who, who can act... Who could he could be Batman tomorrow and nobody would blink an eye. Um and I'm talking about like the current Batman. Yes. Like like I think that to say we're gonna make him an older version of Batman who's kind of past his prime or he's Batman Beyond now and uh, That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he like it seems it Beyond seems Beyond. like like right. he I mean it, I mean they they kind of walked that line a little bit with what they were doing with even the Dark Knight Rises. So I think you can yeah. pull it off again because, you know, he'll be, you know, in his 50s or whatever. But I, again, do I think that this is what Bale should be doing? No, I think that he should retire the Batman character that he 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 put that, that those three movies he did. That body of work is such is almost like impenetrable in terms of criticism. Like, you know, even the people who don't like the third one, I don't think. Anything he did had anything to do with it, and it's like you really like that movie is like it has its issues, but it's it's more from how you compare it to the other Batman movies, and less as it being just overall a bad movie. It's just like these were all these were classics, and this one was like clearly not as good as probably the first two. But um, but yeah, I don't think it's worth it for him. I don't know how much they would pay him. I'm sure it would be a fortune. So who might I say don't take the bag? But I think in terms of just a pure acting standpoint a legacy standpoint i don't think this is a uh, the fight he should be doing okay uh, let's move on now to another another stop top story this week so anthony mackie who plays sam wilson in the disney plus miniseries falcon and winter soldier says the project is like a quote six hour movie um in his words that was uh, that he said that he told variety we're shooting it exactly like a movie everybody who had worked on tv before was like i've never worked on a tv show like this the way in which we are shooting it, it feels like we are shooting the movie 
uh, cut up into the show. So instead of a two-hour movie, it, uh, it's a six or seven, six or even eight-hour movie. Kendall, what do you make of uh, Mackie's explanation for this approach for uh, this series? Um, I mean, look, it's exciting. Uh, I think this that's something that we've we we talked about when these series were pitched. Is that look? I mean, this is. You know, I mean, me and Jamar, we talked about it when we talked about we talked about Obi Wan. You know, in terms of like, you've got now something where it's like, would you rather people talk about? Would you rather have a Kenobi movie or a Kenobi TV show? It's like or series. It's like, well, I mean, I mean, if you do them the same way, I'd rather have the series because that's longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's more. It's it's, yep. it's more content. It's more hours. So, um, that applies to this. Is more content you don't have to pay to see it multiple times You're right watch it from the company yeah, yeah, exactly. home as you as repeat want. viewings there's a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of uh benefits to <laughs> these things coming on disney plus um you know i that would the, the the question is always all right you can put it on disney plus you can put it on tv or or what have you but will it really feel like a movie will it really be like a movie will the quality be the same will or will it be uh you know a tv show would, you know, to be Agents of Shield, like Agents of Shield, I wouldn't consider that a twenty-four hour movie. I mean, not, not <laughs> necessarily. Not. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but the fact that 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 he's characterizing it as a six to eight hour movie is certainly uh, certainly encouraging. Um, I mean, that's the that's the Marvel property I'm most excited for in terms of Disney Plus coming up right now, uh, and it's the next one. So. <laughs> That's uh, or the first one rather. Uh, so that's that's definitely encouraging. Uh, so I look, I, I'm I'm gonna you know salute Anthony Mackie. Uh, EJ, you sent us a very funny meme this morning talking about Cam Newton uh, yep. <laughs> to the Patriots is like you know <laughs> it was a picture of Anthony Mackie holding Captain America's shield in the Endgame. Uh, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But. Um, Overall, though, it's been a uh, it's been an interesting kind of lead up, build up to Falcon Winter Soldier. I don't know when that's coming out uh, because I don't know what Disney Plus's plan is. Um, but regardless, when it, whenever it comes out, I'm gonna be excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this. Um, I mean, I feel like this show is gonna be. It's gonna it's gonna feel like the Mandalorian. Not to go back to Imperial, of course. I mean, we talked at you know at ad nauseum about the mandalorian on on imperial um it's going to be like an event i feel um i don't think people are ready i really think it's going to be like like an event especially for anyone that's a fan of marvel fan of marvel studios of which there are many out there a fan of captain america iron man of which there of course that's most of Mar most marvel fans period at this point so i think this is definitely going to be an event and the way they're filming it, I mean, the Mandalorian kind of feels like a Star Wars movie, right? Um, so I feel I feel like they're handling they're uh, treating this the same way. Um, now, I mean, they don't have someone like Favreau heading the ship necessarily, but they have Feige, uh, who who's producing, um, helping to produce all this stuff. Which I, I still don't know how he has so much time on his hands. But I mean, yeah, Feige kind of helping. I mean, Favreau, this was kind of all he was working on, so I don't know if Feige is going to necessarily be consolidating you know, all this time you know using all this time the way favreau was yeah. with the mandalorian but he's still very much involved so 
yeah, this is this is definitely going to be something very special. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, you know, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, they have great chemistry. They know the characters inside and out at this point. So, I, I mean, I think there's just a recipe for success. Yeah, I mean, if Mackie, you know, if he's, if, he's, if he's bringing the truth here, I think this is obviously exciting news. You know, I think that um, we saw what the potential was for Marvel content on television with the Netflix series, which were uh, great, really much for the most part. Obviously, I'm just being the, the, you know, the weakest link, but overall, uh, really just an awesome kind of time to have those shows on and to see what was possible and bringing you know, those kind of characters to an episodic format. So they kind of laid the blueprints in many ways. And, um, but clearly those were not movie level, you know, the budget wasn't movie level. Uh, it was still kind of restricted in terms of what it could and couldn't do. So when Disney announced that they were going to be doing this with uh, Marvel and doing these Marvel shows, the hope was that, wow, well, with the Marvel Studios budget, potentially, if they really give this a, a real go, this could look incredible, all these uh, shows, if they did it right. So Mackie saying that, you know, this feels like a six-hour movie. Again, I'll, I'll preface by saying I, I don't ever really want to see a six-hour movie. <laughs> but um, but I think if you're talking about just in terms of just like how it's shot and, and the, the budget that goes into it and the effort that's going into it, not to say that those shows, other shows didn't have effort, but... Just the kind of attention that's going to be paid to this, you got to be excited if you're a Marvel fan. I mean, this is a, this is this is again what a time to be alive because, you know, we've seen a lot of these shows. You know, superhero shows obviously not, uh, they're no longer like a dime a dozen. I mean, you could, I mean, they're, I mean, rather they are a dime a dozen. Like, there's not like a oh, there's only one or two superhero shows. Like they're all over the place. So we've seen a bunch of them now, and Marvel. I think it was important for them to make whatever they were going to do it was going to have to look different and better than whatever else has been done otherwise it's just you adding to the pile and the only difference which is a significant difference is that there's this connectivity to what happens on the big screen which is amazing which is thought we thought we were getting with agents of shield if um they're able to do that while also bringing the movie uh, level effects movie level uh budget movie level attention then this is going to be dynamite and i think that um for characters like you know sam wilson characters like bucky barnes these are characters that have been they had great story arcs you know i think we we feel like we know them fairly well but they've been side characters in these movies um and particularly we look at them in you know movies like the avengers obviously their they their time and their uh character development is even more limited so I think this is going to give Marvel a great opportunity to really flesh out these characters in a way that they haven't before and to really get people behind um, this these two characters kind of keeping Steve Rogers' legacy alive moving forward. I think that's what I'm most excited about is, um, you know, there's a lot to Sam Wilson and to Bucky Barnes, especially that I want to see them kind of really get into and... Uh, how they're going to do that. And especially someone like uh, Zemo, who, I mean, we he was a big part of, obviously, Civil War. But I think that the idea to even give him more time to breathe as a villain, yeah, they that's going to be surface. really exciting. Exactly. Yeah, they only got the surface, and he was he was a really great villain. So if they really go further with him, I think this is going to be dynamite. So this was obviously the, great news. Go ahead. Um, 
it will be interesting to see. Be, uh, you know, I mentioned we don't know when it's coming out. The uh, right now, you know, obviously because of you know coronavirus, a lot of things have been shut down, a lot of filming and stuff. But uh, you know, this was a show that was uh, filmed primarily in Prague, uh, but they could, did not finish. They were almost done, but they did not finish. Uh, but if this EU travel ban gets instituted uh, because of uh, the United States or travel ban from uh, the United States to Europe gets uh, instituted because of the rising cases in the United States, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Marvel uh, deals with that. Were they, they going to finish it in the U.S.? I thought they were filming in like Atlanta or something and they had to shut it down. Is that, is that, is that what's happening? That's why that's what I remember. Right, yeah. that's what I thought was going on. I thought they were they were they fil- they were filming overseas and then they went back here and we're gonna start filming here and then they got shut down and then everything got shut down. Hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, hope so too. I, knew, I knew there was yeah. part of this that was international. I, I don't remember. I do. And I do remember part of this was in Atlanta for sure too. I don't yeah. remember where they were or how much was left of the international stuff. I would assume you would wrap your stuff in the U.S. I would. I wouldn't think that you'd say, "Oh, let's go back." You know, overseas to finish. You're right. That doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, yeah. And if if they didn't finish the prog stuff, hopefully they could, you know, replicate it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> kind of copy some backgrounds. Right. Copy some shots. I think they that's find, what we're going to do. I don't think they're going to wait months. off that Madripoor sign and put it somewhere in ATL. I can guarantee you, Kevin Feige is not going to wait for Trump to fix coronavirus, the coronavirus outbreak in the United States before he. uh Film soccer. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna want to have to. Uh, yeah, don't hold your breath on that. Fam. Yeah, yeah. What, but real quick, popcorn ready. <laughs> real quickly, uh, Kendall, actually, what do you think of uh, this new news we're hearing? Also, that um, this is uh, coming out just today. Uh, multiple reports that the uh, Wandavision show will be longer than the six episodes we were anticipating. There was a stunt yeah. person who said that they had appeared for a ninth episode, which is yeah. Way more than we were anticipating. I have a theory. My theory, though, episode. yeah. Now, my theory is this: because it's going to be very weird, it's going to have like TV sitcom feel. I think this is going to be a much every episode will be much shorter than whatever is on the Falcon Winter Soldier show. So I don't know if it's going to be. Am I like this is my like theory? I don't know if it's going to be more content. I just think it's going to be cut in a much more episodic way with longer episodes or long more episodes and shorter shorter episodes yeah i mean i i i felt like six or seven probably would have made sense if you were doing the if you were going to start from like the 50s and go to like the 2010s I and mean, you could have done like seven or eight but um but i don't know i mean you know, I, even Charles Murphy said that. He said it's not even... Some people said up to nine episodes. He's saying it's at least nine. It could be more. But, um, yeah, I mean, nine nine episodes is certainly exciting for WandaVision. I agree that it probably does lend itself to being a shorter amount of... A, a shorter series in terms of episode length. But, um, you know, nine episodes is more than I would have expected. But that was about the same length as The Mandalorian, I believe, right? So, yeah. So that that's uh, they also could be they also could have made changes based on that. So that was successful. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I mean, I think a show like that, especially, could definitely benefit from more episodes. Um, I don't know if making that show a six-hour movie. I feel like that's a show you could extend a little bit. Yeah, I got to explain probably a lot of things. Yeah, I got to explain a lot. You know, maybe the episodes have to be a little longer. You know, who wants to watch? You know, an hour and a half long episode. You know, like it's Game of Thrones, or the the final season of Game of Thrones at least. So, so I don't know. I think I think giving it more episodes, I feel like that just makes more sense. It's more watchable. And that seems like a kind of show you kind of sitting at home, you watch it, you kind of relax, kind of doesn't seem like it's not a Game of Thrones kind of epic event type show where it's like I just sit down, hunker down, get my popcorn, get my this and just just see, watch the mayhem ensue, you know. So I think that. So, yeah, I think that um, I think that having the eight, nine episodes, I think that just makes more sense. Well, to me, I think it's going to, you know, think about what we had with Legion. You know, could Legion have been done in six episodes? No way. Right. It's way too weird. There's way too much to explain. There's way too much you got to kind of um, dive into to really kind of truly capture the trauma and the uh, depth of, you know, this man's thoughts. I know Wanda, I don't, WandaVision, I don't expect to be that dark but i'm sure there'll be parts of it that are quite dark and i think that you know there are parts of it if you're talking about you know reality warping which is again very up up you know legion's alley as well i think that that you can't rush that and i don't think you should be just saying okay we're going to just make really long episodes and but this only we're going to keep it a six like i think that, again that makes more sense to stretch it out and like i said before if they were going to have certain episodes that play more like a sitcom then, well, those should not be an hour long. I mean, there is no hour-long sitcom. You know, those should be about a half hour. So I, I think that, you know, right. I'm not tripping in terms of, like, the formatting it being different and more episodes. Again, I don't again, I don't know if it's going to be more time, like I said. Like, I think there's a very good chance you could end up seeing all these episodes be 30 and maybe, like, you know, Mackie saying, like, he's saying six- or eight-hour, you know, movie. Maybe, you know, the Falcon Winter Show, maybe every episode is, like, an hour long. But, um, but again, with what they're doing with WandaVision, which is going to be so much more different, I think, than whatever they're doing with Falcon Winter Soldier, I wasn't too surprised to hear that they were going to extend that. In fact, I think that it makes more sense. And I also think I also don't know if like I don't think nine or ten episodes of like Falcon Winter Soldier really made sense. Like I think that like six episodes is like that's the way to go too. I think too many episodes mm-hmm. of that, you start. Yep kind of like you know tugging pulling teeth to try to like create stories or create uh, yeah. conflicts that are necessary like you know give them one conflict make this be the central story and just tell us that story six hours like, is, is more than enough time to do that some of the netflix series have had seasons the marvel netflix series have had seasons where there are pockets of episodes that you know you probably didn't need you know luke cage could have been seven episodes yes. the first season the cotton yeah. mouth stuff could have been one whole season yep Second half didn't need. It was nope. fine, but I didn't need it. And, and that's that's yeah. what they're gonna have to. That's what they're gonna have to tug with. You know, Jessica Jones had had that issue. Uh, Punisher probably season one was great. Could you have condensed it? Probably. You know, they For started. Sure. They, they were adding. You know, <laughs> they were kind of adding. You know, uh, conspiracy after conspiracy after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I it's not. Having there is so there is the thing of having too many episodes, and that's that's something that exists. And uh, hopefully, 
uh, that's not the case with WandaVision. But I, again, I think it'll need those episodes. Like Legion, like you said, could not have been condensed. That's that needed every episode it got. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you couldn't. No way you could have condensed uh, Legion. So WandaVision getting extended makes uh, all the sense in the world to me. Um, another new story. Uh, how the pressures uh, for today's show? We talked about uh, you know Spider-Man sequels. Well, according to multiple reports as well. Spider-Man, whatever the name of the third home movie, obviously we had Far From Home and Homecoming. I don't know. I'm assuming this next movie will also have a you know home title in it. But according to uh, comicbook.com, it is set to uh, start filming in September, which is obviously, I, I would assume, assuming... I don't even know what you can assume anymore with coronavirus. I was like, you're assuming it doesn't get bad. I'm like, it's bad now. What do you mean? You know, I guess you're assuming you get it gets better because I don't think you can shoot movies with how things are right now, right? Am I crazy? Uh, if you test everyone every, uh, you know, the entire time, you might be able to get away with it. What I'm starting but. to learn, guys, is we're at the point now. This is a sad point because I don't know what this means for like ever really getting a hold of this until a vaccine happens. But we're at the point now. I think people just are at the like in terms of like business makers, like you know, and entertainment for say like money, like you know, sports and movie making, where people are just like, all right, well at least we can test everybody now, so we're just gonna go forward because it's not better. Not really, in the U.S. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily help. That doesn't necessarily help you, but. Right, yeah, like you, like but just because we can to... test you doesn't mean you still can't die. Yeah, like so, like, and it I'm not, dis- you know, I know you made the point. I'm not dissing your point, but I think I think that is what they're saying. I think they're just like, well, before we couldn't, we didn't have no tests, we didn't know who was going, we, you know, we had no idea really to track it. Like, we were, it was so that's why they shut everything down. I think now they're at the point where I think they would have hoped that things would have been better, so they could feel more comfortable resuming. But I think now they're at the point where like, all right, well. As you said, you know, the odds of us as a country getting this uh, control of this is very small. So we're going to go ahead and pay these people millions of dollars to do what they do best. And we're just going to check everyone who comes in and don't do it. I guess my problem, though, is that what happens on these production sets and obviously on sports talk, we'll talk about it with sports. Like what happens when people when there's an outbreak and you can't you actually can't work because many people have it. Yeah, if most people get it. You most people, multiple, multiple people get it, and you know everyone has to quarantine. And yeah, you can't, you can't. You'd have to suspend production, which you know these studios do not want to have to deal with. Right. Um, yeah. So that's why this whole thing. So when I see this September date, you know September is a little ways away. You know, again, I'm, if I'm trying it's not to, tomorrow, you know, but yeah, it's it's not. It's coming up though. You know, and and I, I I try to kind of look at things through the New York prism because I think you know. It's the, the 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 curve is all messed up now because of this new. It's not really a new spike. It's just we didn't. A lot of these other states didn't really control the first spike. They thought they had it under control and they never really did. And then things got worse. So, but if we're going off the New York angle, where it was like you know it was like one to it was like six, four to six weeks of like absolute like devastation in regards to this virus. Like I say, it's almost like a month and a half, a month and a half where it was like really, really terrible. Like late March to like to like mid May, where it was just like or early May, I'd say where it was just it was just crazy. So 
my thing is okay. Is is we're in the unfortunately a lot of these other states, some of these places they're going. We're at that point. It seems like now with those places. Um. So I was like, okay, if things go perfect in a month and a half, can they be where New York is? So if we do that math, month and a half, okay, well that's about August, and that gives you, you know, yeah, then you get to September, and then maybe you are even better than, than we are right now. So when I think about that September date, Kendall, I guess that I, I maybe there's a potential that things are okay in some of these places, and they could feel more comfortable shooting, but I don't know. Like a, I'm, I'm assuming a Hollywood set, you need a, like you need hundreds of people, I would think, or at least dozens. Yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I definitely see your uh, your concerns. Um, again, I mean, when you, if if you're able to test everybody, um, and you're able to limit the amount of people on set. I, again, I don't know. I, I don't. It seems unlikely. Um, you would think that this may just be uh, this, is, this may be one of those things where it's like uh, kind of a hope. You know, we'll put it out there, but we can always shut it down if we need to. We could always push it back if we need to, like these release dates. That seems like the most, you know, it seems like the safest way to go about it. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking they're doing here. I think this is just a a, a hopeful date, right? You know, we hope to start shooting then, but yeah. I mean, with the house looking now, I don't think it's gonna happen, <laughs> right? But I mean, I think that's just their hope is, you know, now, well, that they can that they can start shooting in September. Now, what's what's to me what's interesting about this. You know, less on the on the gloomy side of things, <laughs> but what's interesting about this is that if it's coming out in September, or at least if it's starting to, it's starting to shoot. you're starting to shoot in September. I wish it was coming out in September. Um, <laughs> you would think that by that we're gonna start getting some some real kind of news on this coming up, perhaps even at Comic Con, whenever that is, because. We don't know who the villain of this movie is. We don't really know what it's about. We don't know much of anything about it. So, we don't even have a title. You know, I saw someone throw out it. Uh, someone proposed an interesting title. Uh, they proposed the, 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 the title Spider-Man Home Run. Because mm. he may be on the run. Hmm. Mm. I like the play on words there. Be an interesting one. It, it, like again, none of these really make sense, but that one also would be like, if you look back at history, you're like Spider Man Home Run. America. Yeah, pro- I guess the problem is, oh, they're doing fireworks out here. Sorry to distract you. I think this is the uh, Macy's fireworks. They, they starting early this year. Um, not the not the ghetto fireworks that been happening <laughs> in New York City. Yo, <laughs> I, I, yo, right? I swear. <laughs> yeah, like, hopefully. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry. When I do this show, guys, I'm looking like directly uh, into basically the city um, from my from my apartment window. But what's funny though is like I'm like these... laughing fireworks into people's windows. <laughs> but, no, but the funny guys though is like the fireworks. Obviously, we've been having these like you know ghetto fireworks that have been going off, um, and these guys you know having you know battles basically with fireworks in the streets and you know in the projects and in all neighborhoods all over Brooklyn. And they've been doing them here too. Like I've been seeing them out here, but these look too good. I'm like, yo, this these are nice. Like who 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 got the money for these? These don't even make noise. I don't even hear it. That's why I was like, I was mad, thrown off. I realized I was like, what people don't understand is we're recording this on a Monday. Um, what say is the 29th, I believe. This year in New York City, they're, they're doing the Macy's thing over three days, and then they're gonna then piece it together on for July 4th. And you know, 
in a, in a you know telecast, obviously because they can't do the social distancing uh, July Fourth celebration. So they're trying to basically do it without telling people where it's gonna go, and then um, and then show us. But anyway, it's a very long story. But I just have these very elaborate fireworks being you know uh, being displayed uh, in the uh, East River and just threw me off. I was like, this don't look like the normal fireworks I've been seeing, which has been really janky. <laughs> Um, anyway, back to back to Spider Man, Kendall. Yeah, um, yeah, but Spider Man home run would would, would be an interesting. It, it, I, if there is a baseball element to it, you could do it, and it would make sense, and that would be an interesting. But if there's no baseball element, it'd be kind of weird, personally. Yeah, but that's that's a that thing. is one that is one name that I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Like very American baseball, very MLB. Right. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Major League Baseball would appreciate that. <laughs> if they chose that Certainly. title. Yeah, I just think like while I I I like the play on words, I just think it's it's too synonymous with baseball. I think for a lot of people, people would just be like, "What?" Like, right. I, so I I don't I don't think you can go with it though. Again, I kind of I kind of dig the play on words. Um, yeah, I, I I think everyone is curious like how are they gonna use the home name for a third time? And I'm I've been thinking about it for a while, and um, I don't know. I I literally have no idea how they're gonna do it. But it's going to be uh, interesting. But, uh, you know, September, I mean, the September shooting time, you know, outside of COVID isn't that surprising to me because of the timing they want to put the movie out. Because um, when is this movie supposed to come out again? November of twenty twenty two. Twenty two. Or uh, let me let me figure Twenty one. Twenty one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you're trying to get this movie out. Um, for fall of it's supposed to be for summer of twenty twenty one, but now it's fall of twenty twenty one. Yeah, you're gonna have to shoot. They probably would have wanted to shoot it already, start shooting already. They had to push back, you know, production. I would assume. So that that all that makes sense to me, but it's just with COVID, I'm just like, how is any of this happening? Unless you're just gonna assume a certain level of risk. Which may be the yeah. case. Like I said, that's what we talked about when we first started talking. Is at this point, in some of these places, that that's kind of how it appears. They're just saying, there's no way we're going to get this under control. But do, so, do you guys, do you agree with the assessment that we could be getting a, we could be getting more news on, on plot or on villains and casting? Yeah, I think so. Because I think, and what, the one thing, you know, about this time in terms of us doing this podcast is I don't feel like, I don't feel like it's been like, you know, you know, a lot of you know we do sports talk, and it's been difficult at times to do stuff when there's not sports happening. I don't think there's been like a dearth of stories during this time period for the most part. Like there, people stuff has been happening. People things have been moving. Just, we just haven't gotten. I think the only delay I think really there's been has been like the delay in like them being Actually, able to reveal certain things because movies right, have yeah. come out already. Like we should have already seen. Black Widow. We should have already seen Wonder Woman by now. Eternal so we, trailers. Yeah, we should have seen so certain things that sh- that aren't finished or things that they can't do because of certain other things didn't that didn't get put out. That's the really only delay. But in terms of like like headlines and stories and castings, like that stuff, we're still hey, behind the scenes. Everything is still happening. Yeah, and, yeah. Stuff is still moving around, man. We've had some massive stories since this pandemic started. So, so yeah, I, I agree. I think that we we're, we're probably in a position where we will start to hear a lot more news about. Um, castings and things like that. Uh, I do wonder, because of what we just said, though, what I just said about the fact that you know we haven't seen Black Widow. I don't think that should affect Spider Man, 
But, you know, again, Marvel kind of has a, a schedule of how they want to release everything and how they want to, to, to give you information. So I, I, do, I do wonder how if, if, if that has changed because of the fact that they, they're still, you know, we're, you know, Chris Weaver, again, we're two months beyond where we should have already have seen the Black Widow movie. Does that change anything? Also, this is a Sony movie too. So does that like Sony is showing yeah, that they tend to, they tend to do things without Marvel's permission all the time when it comes to the Spider Man stuff, or do things without Marvel's say in stopping them? Because Sony does stuff all <laughs> Sony does stuff all the yeah Sony does stuff all the time that we're like that doesn't seem to be in Marvel's best interest, and they don't seem to care. Yeah, does Marvel and, even know about? It? <laughs> yeah, and then when they ask Feige, he seemed to be like, uh, I don't I don't know. They just did what they did. Like when they were talking about. All, every time they talk about Venom, like Feige just feels like he wants to like it looks like he wants to just crawl up a wall and be like, Oh my god, like what did they say about Venom and Spider Man again? Yeah. Um, he did one of the times Pascal was in an interview with him and he said something that was like totally not something that Feige had been moving forward with or Marvel had been moving forward. I forgot what it was. I think it was about Venom and like Tom Holland eventually squaring up. And she was like, Oh yeah, that's gonna happen and he's like, What? Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's a complicated uh, relationship. So who knows, you know, what that means? But in fact, like I said, I think that could mean it may be more likely that you know Sony's going to be on their clock. They want people to get excited and be ready for Spider Man, regardless of whatever the hell Marvel is doing. So will we start hearing that casting stuff? Will we start hearing that you know uh, plot details and stuff? I think that for sure is very uh, very likely we'll be hearing that stuff very soon. Our last uh, story of the day before we do our Doom Patrol recap. Um, wait, Shamar, did you say anything? You said you say anything about this? Did you? Did we get to you? I don't want to jump. Uh, about the uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know if Shamari said anything. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not sure if I did. But um, <laughs> I mean, really quickly, like. You know, Spider Man. Um, you wear the red costume. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the web slinger. Does, does the web slinging, you know. No, twit, twit. You know. No. No, I mean, I think this is, and I did, I did say something, I remember. Um, okay. But I think this is, I really, I think this is just a perspective date. Right, right, right. This is a perspective date. You know, it's not set in stone at all. This isn't something where there's a, you know, we're going to do this. They're not taking a GameStop approach. We're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, Trump can't stop us. You know, it's just right. that kind of crazy hard right. line. It's not an ultimatum, yeah. You know, like, they, you know, they hope that they can do this. If not, then it's going to set why they haven't officially they haven't officially announced it. You know, exactly. Is, these are all leaks, you know, but. Yeah. If they officially said we're, do, we're, we're starting shooting in September, I'd be a little yeah, more concerned. I'd be, I'd be like, whoa. Be like, wow. You know, are you sure about that? For a new, <laughs> new mutant situation. Did someone pressure you to do that? I read New Mutants might come out in 2021, which I'm like, wow, that movie was supposed to come out so long ago. <laughs> what was that like a 20? It was like a 2015 movie. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Man. I mean, like obviously, no one could have predicted coronavirus was gonna make it impossible to release a movie in 2020. But wow, New Mutants all has all the luck. Yo, we were supposed to see New Mutants in like 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, this right? This is crazy. I, like, this might be the most like maligned movie as far as like pushback release dates, maybe in Hollywood history. Yeah, yeah, I don't even. Think it's got to be right. Like I've never seen nothing like this before. I, it probably is the longest time for for a major major studio, a major motion picture. 
to have finished shooting to its actual release date. To finish production to its actual release date. Well, a lot of people forget, too, is they remember, they also, like, kind of shot two movies. Because, remember, they did a movie that was supposed to come out, and then they shot an yeah. entirely different movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, this this is going under, like, intense, intense delays. Um, and, again, I think it's unprecedented. I, I don't think that there's... I, I've never seen a movie like this where... I mean, we saw that first trailer the same weekend we saw the Justice League trailer. Think about that. Yeah. That was that same Comic-Con yeah. weekend. And we talking about seeing a, a second Justice League movie before we see anything from the New Mutants. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really sad. But it, it, that's crazy. They never had the appetite for people really even wanting to see it that much. Yeah. So that's why they can do this. If they were, if like you can do this with a Justice League movie because exactly. people actually want to see it. <laughs> but no, I mean, there are people like want to see New Mutants, but it wasn't a big enough crowd to where you're going to force them to just release it. DC hired. DC fired the director, had a new one make Justice League, then hired the other director to then make another version of that same Justice League movie. All this time, while we have not seen, um, seen this movie, uh, what's the name? New Mutants. That's unbelievable. Uh, anyway, though, uh, moving to the last story again. Finally, before we talk about Doom Patrol, uh, we should soon learn the fate of the lone CW Arrowverse show to get picked up for a new season. Uh, yet to be picked up for a new season. Arrowverse producer uh, Mark Guggenheim says we should receive word one way or another very, very soon. Were his words about whether Green Arrow and the Canaries will be picked up by the network. The show, set several decades into the future with star Kat McNamara as Oliver Queen's daughter, Mia, alongside Juliana Harkavy and uh, Kate Cassidy as Dinah Drake and Laurel Lance, respectively. We obviously, we all were fans of the uh, backdoor pilot that we saw in this last season of Arrow. It from They'd even done, like, promotional artwork. I mean, they were promoting this like this was a complete, utter done deal. And as we talked about it maybe a month ago, it did not look good from some of the commentary we were hearing about what's going to happen. Guggenheim down here and, hey, we're going to hear something very soon. He didn't say what it would be. Uh, Sham, how do you think this plays out? Um, um, yeah, I mean, um, EJ, can you can you do, can you say it again? I'm sorry. How how do you think this will play out? Will we end up seeing this show on CW? Will it come back? Right. Or whether will it start? It hasn't even started. We have, we, they don't know. They've been left in the dark. Even Cat McNamara, Cat McNamara herself was like, I haven't heard anything. That was like a month ago. I could not believe that. Right. <laughs> CW. Yeah. Um, it's all ringing a bell now, Sham. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's all like boomerang. It's all coming back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like this this show, and you guys know how I feel about this show. Jamari's I mean, all in. I'm, I'm all in on, on this TV yeah. show. I, I feel like it would be a big mistake if they didn't release this show. Um, I mean, I, I think it. this is the... Um, I mean, I think this is just a, a great, a great continuation of what the show, what Arrow ended up being. And I liked what Arrow ended up being. I thought the last few seasons were were very good. I was very, I was very engaged. 
I was entertained for most of the most of the, most of the time. I mean, of course, you had your your arcs or whatever that I wasn't a huge fan of, but I think it would I think it would make sense. I'm glad we're gonna find out what's going on. Um, but I I mean I think they I think they have to. Well, I wouldn't say they have to, but I, like I think you're gonna have a lot of people that are, that are gonna be upset if if you don't. Um, I mean, if they would just can this. Um, because I mean, we don't know what's going on with the Diggle characters. All these teases about Green Lantern and all this stuff—we don't, we have no idea what's going on there. Um, but I mean, these are—I mean, these are beloved characters. These are characters that people had grown very attached to, spent years following the show, started this whole universe. Um, and I mean, to be frank, I think mean, I think Arrow was one of the better shows on CW at this point. Um, especially the the last few seasons. Personally, I've been more 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 excited to watch Arrow than 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 uh, than Flash, Batwoman, and Supergirl. Personally, for the last for the last couple of years, I know Batwoman just started, but the last couple of years, I've been more in tune with what was going on in Arrow than than the other shows. So, I would be very very unhappy if we didn't get this show announced. I'm glad we're gonna hear something about it. It's good news. It's positive news. I don't like that Guggenheim isn't very. It doesn't seem to be in communication with the actors and actresses with regards to what's going on. Um, I don't think that makes any sense. I know he's a busy man. I know he's got a lot of stuff stuff on his plate, but well, it don't man, sound like he know either. <laughs> to be fair, he don't yeah, sound blame, like he know yeah, either. Blame Warner Media. Blame uh, yeah. My so so where's so high high how high does this go up the chain? Is just a bunch of bunch of nameless faceless suits kind of just keeping Guggenheim in the dark? Like <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, obviously President uh, Mark Podolowitz will be the guy I think making the final call. I mean, I would assume Guggenheim would tell him what was up if he knew. I don't, you know. And even here, he's like, you know, he says one way or another, we should know very, very soon. So it tells me, okay, he has some idea, but he don't even know what it will be. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm glad he has an idea, you know. But he was, he was responding quickly, Sham. He was responding to a Twitter, a person's, other person's tweet. Someone said, is there any updates on Green Island and Canaries? Sham, are you sure this wasn't you? <laughs> and this is your That's burner cool. account here. Um, they tweeted at him, uh, any updates on Green Arrow and the Canaries, by the way? I'm really hoping he gets picked up. And Guggenheim said, so are we. Which I'm just like, what do you mean, so are we? <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he knows what's going to happen. I don't know, man. I mean, look, I just... Which I don't think that's good. I don't think that's... That's not a good sign either. I'm glad he at least wants... The, seems to want the show to happen. But, you know... I don't know. Look, I know everything's everything's been thrown out of whack because of this whole virus and everything that's going on. Um, but I, I mean, it, is it just me? Did it feel like before the virus really kind of picked up steam, they were they were unsure, they were unsure about what was going on with this show, or is it just me? Maybe I'm just bugged. I, this thing's been on for a while. This is this quarantine. I, I think there was some overlap. Yeah, life before the quarantine is kind of hard to even fathom. Yeah, a little fuzzy. Yeah, it <laughs> it's all, it's all, it was all a dream. <laughs> Shout out to Big. It was yeah. like, I'm like, I don't remember what it was like before quarantine. I, I, I think early quarantine days was when we were talking about Cat McNamara. 
saying how she doesn't know what's going to happen. With yes, it. I remember that and being early on. But we had the conversation. Of, well, look, I mean, they're going to want to have to cut budget, so they're going to mm-hmm. have to cut budget. <laughs> Get Green Arrow is the first thing that's going. Yeah. Um. So I think I I I I think we thought it was happening before that happened, before before this all hit. I think we we were pretty much of it was in a comfortable spot, and ever since then, it's been kind of shaky. Um, I, one thing I do think is interesting. I mean, look, do I think this is happening? No, because there's you know there's still a lot of you know I don't think it's happening. Sorry to spoil Shamari's Dang, you know week. Sorry, just, you know I know I know Shamari's gonna be upset for the rest of the week now because the Canary. And if I don't um, get an announcement by Comic Con, but. One thing that I had seen, gonna hear from you. you know, I forgot to mention it in the pre-production meeting, but speaking of shows Shamari doesn't want to see, Superman and Lois. Oh, God, don't get me started. Did you guys hear about the Black Lex Luthor that we're supposed to be getting? I did hear this. Yeah. So, so apparently, hey, Wale Brooks Parks, shaking, rather. shaking my head. <laughs> Visibly, Shamari is visibly and audibly shaking his head. Um, <laughs> Wale Parks from All American is an actor uh, from All American, also in the CW, will be playing a character known as The Stranger in uh, Superman and Lois. And the Illuminati is claiming that that is going to be Lex Luthor from another world. And that is not, we are not seeing John Cryer's Lex Luthor. At least. What was the point of making Earth Prime if you're bringing in Lex Luthor Doppelganger? Yeah, I don't know how that works. I really hope yeah. this isn't true. I, don't I know. mean, I just think it's dumb because, like, first of all, if you're gonna do uh, another, if you're gonna do a, another Lex Luthor from another Earth, why wouldn't you make it Alexander Luthor Jr. and make him a good guy? Like that, if you, to me, if you're going Lex from another Earth, that's the way I'm thinking. So when I read this story initially, I was like, oh, is he going to be actually, like, a good guy? Kind of like in uh, Infinite Crisis. And it's like, no, he's just another evil guy. <laughs> I'm just yeah, like, well, what's the uh, point? Yeah, what's he's the like, he's black. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I respect for diversity, but story. I'm like, come on, like, really? Like, just give me a... Give just, me a good black villain. Uh, That's basically give me like a good... Story. Yeah. Just a good black villain. That's And I've said that, I've said that on this show yeah. a million times at yeah. this point. I'm tired of saying it. Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> like, yo, like, just think... Make, I, Black villain, like, like yeah, like. Sorry for your share, but like, it, like, Arrow to me like showed how showed the promise you can have when you do get away from the source material and do something creative. When they did the Prometheus film, like, why couldn't you just make this whatever the guy is, thinker, whatever he is, the the what is he? Stranger. What are they calling him? Stranger. The stranger, just make that guy a great villain. Like you could, like Superman, like every every Superman villain we've ever come across. At some point, they were new. So if you're doing a Superman Lois show, like I I think this is the perfect time to be like, you know, we're gonna make a, a brand new villain and make it great. Like wh- why couldn't they try that? This just seems so uninspired. Like it's it's same old grabbing doppelganger from other Earths. And the same old, oh, let's just change the race of the guy to bring diversity. It's like, I'm again, I'm all for diversity, but when you, if you're trying to say that this is all, we combined all those Earths to make this Earth Prime for the Arrowverse, I thought we were done with doppelgangers. Like, I like that's, like I heard, I saw the story, I didn't want to talk about it because I was like so, 
I was like, really? We're doing this still? Wasn't the whole point of, like, Crisis was to, like, combine everything and, like, bring about the opportunity for new storylines? I was excited about that. This sounds like every other season of Flash. Now, while all of our points still still stand, we do have to we do have to also admit that we wouldn't be nearly as upset about this news if Lex Luthor was this is Jesse Eisenberg as opposed to John Cryer. Right. If Cryer, yeah, Cryer being Cryer so good is, is great. part of this. So right. It's, I agree it's, with that. It's, there's an extra sting. To the fact that so now you're just making up another Lex Luthor for the sake of diversity when you could again I don't need Cryer in the show necessarily it, it seems like it would be a good idea but don't make him Lex Luthor don't make this guy Lex Luthor right make him anybody but exactly if you're replacing Lex Luthor it's like well we have a Lex Luthor and he's great if Lex Luthor was whack if this was a bad Lex Luthor then I would then I'd be like all right I could see the it's just the like DC doing, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and everybody. Nobody really having any issues. We're like, oh yes, exactly. give us, give us get, take another crack at this. <laughs> exactly. Now, I would give them less flack if they were talking about Michael Rosenbaum, because now it's like, all right. So we're yeah, going back like, into the small like, thing. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, now this is interesting. You know, now you piqued my interest. All this multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> all this crazy stuff. But introducing Wyoming. another Lex Luthor, a third one. In the CW verse, to me is is it's overkill, um, and he's just gonna be. I'm t- I just I want a real black villain. I'm tired of just this. Oh, just just make him black. Yeah. Just make Lex black. Yeah. It's like just stop with that right. stuff, man. Just have. Do they have any? Uh, I hate to just, you know bash CW or bash you know Berlanti and Guggenheim and that. But do they have any people of color like like anyone <laughs> like this that's that's there like let's make Lex Luthor black and it's like you know are is anyone there saying like hey you know shouldn't we like maybe we should make an original you villain know, or maybe find some of the well, clearly that person no clearly the answer is no Shamar <laughs> clearly there isn't that person there that's, that's a problem that's like a real that's a real thing like people need well, to start like calling them out for that stuff well I think I think I think there needs to be a conversation I think amongst the people of color community about whatever this is. I don't know how what you would call it. Like changing the race of act of characters. Like there needs to be an overall conversation. Um, yeah, discussion. I mean, I'm sure, you know, white people can be involved, but I would say that they should kind of be more listening. Cause I think that we, again, people feel differently. Cause I would argue that could very well be people of color on these boards who are thinking that this is a great idea. In fact, I guarantee it because you see it all the you see it on social media. There, you know, people of color like, yeah, it's great to make this character yeah, white or black like now or or Asian now. Like that's a thing. Like a lot of people of color feel the total opposite like you feel, Sam. A lot of people will be ecstatic that they're making like Luthor black. And I've always said what I've always said, which is, you know, you know, if the character if there's nothing about the character that's that's, you know, dependent upon their ethnicity, I think that's for the most part, everybody should be fair game. Um, now, what makes this particular example lame to me, which is why, again, I don't support it, is that you, they, like, they literally have a Lex Luthor. They're just making another one and just making him black. Because it's like, what's the difference between this one? Oh, he's black. It's like, what? Like, that's, that's, that, that seems, like, ridiculously lazy. Like, that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't fly for me at all. So, yeah, no, there needs to be a longer, a, a wider conversation a more uh, one that's more 
that goes more in depth with this issue because it's it's gonna keep happening. Like, you know, it's gonna it's gonna keep happening, and it's unfortunate because you know it all stems in the end from at the end of the day from like racism in the beginning because like everybody who made comic books that became popular like didn't create black characters and the characters that were were side characters or characters who um weren't didn't get enough as much shine as they should so now when you're trying to make source material based off of these characters and you look at these books and they're all white then it gives you a problem in 2020 when you're trying to make it um reflective of our society today which is you know obviously very diverse so it, it it's it's a challenge, and there's no I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to to the overall thing of how we should approach this going into the future. I think it's all everything is a case by case basis, which is why I deem everything by case by case basis. This case I think is absurd. There's also they explain <laughs> something else about it, but this to me is like is it's ridiculous. Funny. Uh, speaking of the the Lex Luthor is black conversation, it's been a it's been kind of a recent conversation about uh, a recent unearthing of the character from, you know, the DC animated universe. Some people are arguing is Lex Luthor black in the DC animated universe. If you watch that Superman show, he's drawn, he looks like he could be black. I feel like the Justice League, they kind of like, you know, you know, whitewashed him a little bit in terms of like the lighting of the skin and stuff. But like when you watch, because isn't he voiced by a black guy? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Right, yeah. yeah Michael like, Richardson. Right, so I like I've always kind of always held that like I think that like this character actually could be black, um, but it but again it was always the point like it didn't matter like he was just like Luthor it was a good character like it you know it like whether he was black or white like didn't matter all that much but I always I did kind of feel like they drew him in a way in which he kind of did look kind of black especially at the in Superman animated show and justice league i think they made him a little more pale and it's a little more ambiguous but you watch that superman show i'm like he looks like a black man to me i've always felt that way so when you brought him out i knew that's where you were going because that's how i've always felt that way and again he's voiced by a black man yeah um which again i don't again i personally don't I believe mind actually, changing it might be the ethnicity. Brown, i think about it in what the, was that in the, in the animated series the animated universe, I think it might be Clancy Brown. Oh, okay. And something else, it is Captain Michael Richardson, though. Mm. Which, you know, goes into the whole, you know, we've had the conversation. We haven't had it on this show, but, you know, like Cleveland Browns being recasted and stuff. But, um, but no, I think, I think, like, Luthor, you know, he definitely, you know, is one of those characters where he's kind of, you know, ambiguous, in terms of racially ambiguous. Um, yeah, this, I mean, he could he could be. That's why place. people wanted the Rock yeah. <laughs> to play to play Lex Luthor because that was probably the closest thing you'll get to what he looks like in the uh, in the DC animated universe. Yeah. And we know the Rock is certainly not white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's let's uh, let's uh, let's now move on and let's talk about the season two premiere of Doom Patrol. So we had uh, a three episode debut that uh, that aired on Ju- June 25th on not just DC Universe, but HBO Max, uh, which is a brand new platform. Is it on gonna... DC Universe? I wasn't sure. It is, yeah. Because I, I, I kind of felt bad because I feel like I should have watched on DC Universe because I'm trying to, you know, keep, show that, support. To keep that platform alive. And I watched it on HBO Part Max. Part of me thinks you have to support it on HBO Max so they don't cancel the joint. 
I don't even know, man. That's see, this is the game. This is the, the middle <laughs> game they put us in, where it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. It feels like Cause that's a fair point. Because it's not being watched on HBO Max, they'd be like, all right, well, the hell with this show, and then that would be the overall end game that we don't want. So um, they don't even total up the views. It's just you watch it on DC Universe. Oh, then, yeah, that thing's that, that's a dead. That's a dead property anyway. <laughs> we don't need you anyway. It's like sheesh. <laughs> So who knows how I'm going to continue to watch this show. But I did watch the first three episodes on HBO Max. And I was happy to see that they did put it on both. Uh, man, Doom Patrol, yo, this this show still slaps. Like, you know, it, it, it's, still, it's still great. Um, it's still hilarious. Uh, these were episodes, uh, episode one, season two, Fun Size Patrol. Episode two, Time Patrol. And episode three, Pain Patrol. Um... Yeah, this this show still slaps. Uh, the humor is great. I think uh, how they're handling the big revelation from last season that uh, the chief was, you know, instrumental in every one of these people's demise in terms of, uh, you know, the deformities and the life-ruining experiences that they went through while he, you know, was there to pick them up and quote-unquote save them. They were all... Um, part of his scheme which was in the end to uh continue to explore how to save and protect his his daughter um there's a lot of depth and a lot of you know uh there's a lot of depth to like the chief's motivations there that i still don't think they fully uh kind of peeled back all the layers of but i think that is a long season so i think that there's plenty of time to go through that obviously dorothy has been like the the big new addition to this show. Dorothy, of course, has been a, a long time member of the Doom Patrol. And doing my research for this podcast, I didn't I kinda wasn't from I'm not very familiar with Doom Patrol at all. And I was wondering where this Dorothy character came from. And sure enough, like, you know, in the comic book she's not the chief's daughter. She's just another right. member of the Doom Patrol. And her origins like almost is very different. Power is you know relatively the same, but still uh the the, the stuff is different. And I, it reminded me, Sham, that I feel like a show like Doom Patrol, like it has the benefit of being kind of like obscure. Cause, while I'm sure, I guarantee you, there are like Doom Patrol comic book stands out there. I'm not dissing them. Yeah, EJ, be careful, man. Don't get fired. Obviously, you know, considering this is like you know a a very much a third or fourth tier DC property, third probably being kind. Like, it gives you the leeway to do things that are unique, and I think you know. Dorothy being the chief's daughter is way more interesting than her just being just another member of the team, like by far. Like, but like if this was something that was a little more mainstream, yeah, like X Men, right? Yeah, like like make, you're yeah, like making, yeah, good luck making Jean Grey, you know, <laughs> Professor X's daughter. Like that's gonna, there's no way that's gonna play. I don't care how good you write the story, it could be the greatest story ever. You're gonna get clobbered. Wow. And when I was watching this and I did that research, I was like, wow, it shows you like the freedom you have when you have a property that's kind of less known and people aren't as you know married to the canon and this whole show has been like that because i mean even just the show itself and kind of you know this not they haven't really been a superhero team there have been this this kind of group of misfits and uh a lot of what they've done has not been like very much like tied to just what we've seen in the comic book canon but that's been the best part about this show yeah, you know, and there's been, you know, even like a character like Mento, you know, who obviously he's in the episode of Teen Titans, you know, he was like the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. He, he, 
he only was in one episode last year, and he was, you know, and it was in like a flashback. Uh, he was like a member of the original Duke Patrol, yep. or something like that. So yep. like, uh, they've 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 took liberties with you know certain iterations of the characters and certain iterations of the team. Um, obviously, no Beast Boy in this as well, you know. So uh, they've 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 took liberties, but like you mentioned, it's for the better. Uh, this show has certainly been great. I, I I agree. This these first three episodes really really it's 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 great. When I didn't have to even think about what happened last season, like I know how it ended. I and I feel like I jumped, even though they even though they like had like almost like a massive time jump. You know, I feel like you know. I feel like I didn't miss anything. I feel like I, you know, right where we left off, and it's 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 going to be interesting to see how they, you know, how they progress the season, and uh, will you know Alan Tudor be back as you know Mister Nobody this season? Um, I would assume so, but I'm not sure. Um, but the humor was was the exact same. You know, I, I even. Shamari had watched it before I did, and when he told me he watched it, I was like, you know, has the show uh, changed it at all? Because that was one of my concerns with going to HBO Max was, right. all right, now it's on a different network, you know, is it going to be... I mean, we've seen shows, I mean, like The Game, for example. The Game right. on BET versus The Game on CW are two, you know, not vastly different shows, but they're, they're, they're slightly different. And, you know, that was my concern with Doom Patrol was, all right, going to HBO Max will it be you know a little more buttoned up you know will they be trying different things you know be a, you know a cast team was like, oh yeah you know you know now uh you know Kevin Costner's voice in Robot Man you know <laughs> like um, <laughs> so no nah, but no nah, it's 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 the exact same uh before and you know Robot Man is still hilarious oh man know? Kevin you yeah Brendan Fraser is Brendan Fraser is a legend. killing that role. <laughs> yeah, he's they all ki- they all killing it. Every single one of them is killing it. But Brendan Fraser, his comedic timing, and just he's just Impeccable. he's so good. Impeccable. I mean, the the <laughs> the stuff with him and the girl are hilarious. Him and uh, Dorothy. Yeah. The, the 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 chemistry between them, the chemistry between him and Jane, him and the chief. I mean, <laughs> hilarious, absolutely yeah. hilarious. So, uh, even the the scene when the rat was like eating the thing and he's like reacting to it and like looking back and forth, like, oh no, <laughs> she's like crying. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think this. I mean, it's off to a great start. I mean, it's Doom Patrol. Their chemistry is, is fantastic. Um. Dorothy is definitely adding a wrinkle into the mix. I'm not the biggest fan of Dorothy so far. I don't hate her. You know, right. it's not I'm not like, oh get her get her off the screen or anything like that. But <laughs> like I'm just I'm still waiting. I'm still very much wait and see. Right. I have to see how this You know goes. what Dorothy reminds me of Shamari? And I know you'll you'll appreciate this one. It reminds me for all the anime fans out there of the Airy character in My Hero Academia. Oh, of yeah, I you know, see that coming. Of the you know, the you know the very little kid who kind of just tags along but doesn't really add much but you kind of have to but it's kind of the central point of the show and it's like, <laughs> you're now you just drop this into the show and it's like right. a major thing yeah yeah i mean i think there's a good comparison in, in terms of looking at it that way so so i mean we'll see how it goes her her powers are interesting her being the chief's daughter is interesting um i mean we'll see what happens with that um 
but but yeah, everybody else is killing it. Rita's killing it. Larry's killing it. The trainer story was was interesting yeah, as well. Larry's story is killing it. I think yeah. I didn't think there was anything more to any of their stories. Yeah, you. I honestly like totally forgot that he had a son. Like they told us he had a son, but yeah. I totally forgot about. Oh, he might still be alive. Yeah, you know. And I'm I sure forgot he had. Two, I forgot he had two kids. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. Even, I, I didn't even know about the second yeah. one. Yeah, but, I totally uh, forgot about that. So when when he actually got to, and he is the first person to see their family I mean, obviously besides cyborg cliff well cliff did but like i guess well i guess they saw him kind of at the same time i guess um but like cliff did last season yeah, right but he didn't but he didn't like it, like you know introduce let them yeah, let right. introduce himself so that's fair yeah that was and i kind of i really did like that like you had this scene that wasn't like the oh my god you're a monster like you had that with cliff with his daughter which was like, you know, was needed. Like that was that was fine. Um But like I think that like to have like that that scene with like this older man who like you know, ends up seeing his father and he's like, Yep, you're him. Like I know you're him. He's like, Well and he like welcomes him and like it was really touching because you see these people and they've gone through obviously such unbelievable pain. I think that whenever you get to see them have these minor victories these minor, like, you know, moments of closure, they hit home, man. When you see, you know, uh, him, trainer in there, you know, crying, looking at all of his kids, stuff that he, he kept in that barn, they're touching scenes. Especially when you go to those flashbacks and see, like, just, like, how much of um, his life was just, like, upended and how, like, you know, the only person who really was able to kind of, like, make him feel like a person was Rita initially yeah it was um it was touching those were those were uh those were touching scenes i i, I think I, I mean i don't i loved all these episodes i think my my favorite one was probably honestly the season premiere i loved the i just loved the idea of them being like small <laughs> like i know it's like kind of like you know juvenile in a sense but like it just like putting them in that little like you know that racetrack that you know uh that robot man had and uh, having them live in that world, and, and the fact that they've been there all that time, like it just felt so Doom Patrol. It was, um, I thought that 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 episode was perfect. Um, what did you guys have a favorite out of these three? Um, I it, they because I watched like all three successively, I they kind of feel like they all felt like they, they didn't feel that it. separated. Yeah, like, same. I it's hard for me to really tell you. I can tell you about arcs. Like I know it was in the third episode, right? And but it's hard for me to even kind of change. You know, like whatever's in the second episode, I probably feel like kind of overlaps with the first and third. So, um, I mean, look, I mean, in terms of arcs that I've liked, you know, I, I again the trainer stuff was was good in that last episode. Um, I wasn't I wasn't too sure about the 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 Jane, Jane. stuff in the last episode where she's talking to, I you know sometimes the stuff where they're talking to, to her other uh you know yeah yeah the other personalities I'm never the biggest fan of that. Um, okay. by the end it got better I think, but initially I was a little uh all right you know. Yeah, I was kind of glad that they fleshed that out because she she was kind of alluding to it before, and I was like, "What? What is this?" Yeah. I hope they don't do this for like four or five yeah. episodes. Right. But, I, yeah. I I I've enjoyed her character a lot this season, 
kind of not being the multiple personality person. Right. You know, I I've almost to. enjoyed her, like, kind of just... Like, it's a part of her. It's a part of her character. But I don't need her flipping personality every, every you know... Every scene. Yeah, every scene. So that, you know, it's actually been kind of calming to have her be right. the same character all the time. I mean, eventually you're going to have to shift, you know? Yeah. But it's going to happen, but that's her character. But um, I have enjoyed that. And the cyborg thing was actually kind of... That was an interesting storyline yeah, Cyborg well. stuff has been interesting as well. Um... Uh, I think I probably enjoyed. Um, I also like I how they, the, like how they kept like showing how he's in Detroit, and, like yeah, yeah, differentiating that. That's cool. I mean, I, I mean, the last villain was interesting. I mean, that guy in that second episode, the that guy in between time, or oh, whatever Doctor, time, Doctor, Doctor Time, yeah, that yeah. guy was nuts. Yeah, I love Doctor Time. <laughs> oh, you, you hate Doctor Time? I, I loved him. I thought it was such such <laughs> so funny and so like absurd. Um, but yeah, I thought that last villain. I thought he was that was pretty crazy, um, what he was able to do. And uh, I say this is why I'm looking forward to the next one. Did you guys see a sneak peek for the next one? I did not. No, I did not. Like I should have. They're, they're bringing it. uh, they're bringing Flex back. Oh, I did. No, uh, I did. No, I'm lying. Flex I did Mentallo? watch it. Yeah, Flex, Flex Mentallo is coming back. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I'm. Wow. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I Red Jack was a little. I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't as excited about Red Jack, the third, the third villain. Um, he was okay. I think I still was kind of, you know, looking for like the point of him. Like it was like okay, you know, it just seemed kind of like it seemed kind of freak of the week to me. They like it did kind of seem like you know, oh, here's a guy that like you know, Calder is known since eighteen since the eighteen hundreds. And he's randomly back. Why? It's like, uh, you know, he wants to recruit him because he, he feels like he's the cold-blooded kind of guy that uh, that would be a great apprentice. And it's just like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of random. And I don't know if it would it. I, I think it, it was good for Calder to get that moment of like him, like using like the level of like, him being like shrewd and smarter than like who he's up against, like seeing him like have that moment, I think was important because like last season is him like constantly playing catch up and like just never being ahead of Mister Nobody. So seeing him be able to kill this guy, like kind of maybe kind of reestablishes, hey Calder, you know, don't let that wheelchair fool you. He's a bad effort too. Like I think he did need that moment. I just don't know if this was like the avenue for it i think the look i think how weird he was like all that stuff was good i just think like his presence didn't seem to add much other than just him being um you know who he was and i thought that like larry being trapped was like a good way it was a good type way to like explore you know his condition and um and his relationship with rita like that that was a plot device that worked well because of the scenario there but i don't know if you needed red jack to to do that um, I know uh, Shamari Kendall uh, mentioned uh, Kendall uh, Shamari mentioned that you know he well, one of you guys mentioned that you weren't as crazy about uh, you know Jane going back and forth personality to personality yeah what do we think about now it seems like she's been she's been benched and I'm looking forward gonna... to it yeah uh, I'm I think it's a very interesting plot point um, you know I'm I'm interested in seeing I know Kendall doesn't like her hopping back and forth. 
Yeah, hopefully um, it goes well. But I'm not yeah. not um um uh, there is a level of concern. Yeah, I'm sure Kendall's <laughs> very concerned. But I mean, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I'm because Jane has been in the pilot seat this whole season so far, the first three episodes. So I mean, it makes sense that we get somebody else now. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah I mean, too. Go ahead, Kendall. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's consistent to the character. Um, it, it's 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 just wild. You know, every other character is like, you know, you know, we we like the character how they are. You know, but. But that's the character that she is, you know. If she is, if she isn't jumping personality to personality, who is she then? You know, and that's kind of the that's kind of the the issue um, per se. But uh, you know, like it would be jar- like I like I like her character. It just like it'd be jarring if you know all of a sudden Robot Man was someone else. You know, next week mm-hmm. I'd be like, wow, well, it's unfortunate because they've done a good he's done a good job so far. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think. I love Diana Diane Guerrero, and, and I think she's been just such a, a superstar on this show. But um, but yeah, Jane, I think because of you know she's you know taking drugs purposely to not just mute herself but mute the other personalities, and she's been able to do that successfully. But obviously, those those you know other personalities are going to rise up against her and say, "Hey, this this is not cool." Um, what I like about the arc Jane's going on is. You know, Jane kind of plays the I don't give a F about any of you people. And, like, if it was up to me, I would never spend a minute with you people. But I kind of do like that her personality kind of showing her this mirror and saying, hey, like, not only is your addiction to these drugs, but your addiction is also, like, these people. Like, like, and, and they're the reason, that, like, you can't get your act together. And I do feel like there is a level of... um. It is interesting because for the person who's so much like I don't give a f about any of these people, she does seem the person also that's most like most okay kind of with like what happened with like the chief, you know, like 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 if there's any point in time now to like be like yeah I'm done with the chief like I'm I don't need any people I'm gone this would be it, and it seems like you know her and Rita probably tied for like being the per- the two people that are kind of most like yeah, it was messed up but I I need the chief. And I need you guys, so I'm not going anywhere. And the notion that her personalities could be like, no, this is the reason why you are high, why you are, because of not just the chief, but this whole setup. We're just not going to take it anymore. Uh, I think it's an interesting kind of like character psychology they're doing there with uh, Jane. How much of like, you know, the angry, uh, you know, prickly kind of person that she presents in terms of not wanting to be around people, how much of that it really is kind of like, I don't say a front, but it like it is kind of like her kind of projecting um, what she wants them to see. But but you know deep down, I think she really does feel like she loves them. But how it's like to think about how how you know helpful at this point are these people for her? Like yes, they gave her a family, but you know they put her through a lot of mess, and and it all started with Calder in the first place. I think it's a very interesting kind of like a dynamic we won't i'm sure we'll see plenty of jane even though she's locked away in the underground um i'm trying i keep forgetting the name of her primary the person that they're saying is not going to be the primary um i guess that was a girl that were dumped they were dumping into the the holy water uh i'm fascinated to see how that ends up going like you know you know because as we see that you know that girl can uh 
she can kind of play the role of being like whatever she needs to be, but is also like pretty like cutthroat and pretty um, can turn on a dime in a second. So on even her own mother. So so how that works with this team dynamic for the next however many episodes this is going to be, uh, that should be something that uh, we'll be interested to look at. Yeah, um, I you know I'm also you know I, I I'm not sure what's gonna happen with this Dorothy thing, or if I mean she may just end up being a part of the team, um, and it's also interesting how they kind of you know they definitely give her that Wizard of Oz look of like that mix between like the line from Wizard of Oz and Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, with, you know, the more we uncover the story between her and the chief and the mom, you know, what happened there and uh, what happened. I'm always fascinated when I find out more about even what happened with all these characters in terms of their origins. That's still, to me, the most interesting part of this show is uncovering and untangling the web of what happened to... Uh, Robot Man, and what happened to yep. uh, you know Trainer, and we're having to read Afar, and we're having all these different characters. And to me, uh, th- that was some of the more interesting parts of these episodes. Um, I see why Robot Man has the biggest gripe with uh, with Calder, but um, he's but also the one, he's also the one most likely to like. Fly off the handle on something like that too, right? Flip out, yeah. You know, it it is interesting to see the other characters kind of be like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Buddy had a reason, and Buddy's still been there for us and stuff, and so it's, it is interesting to see that. But, um, no, yeah, Calder, man, he's he's a real dark Professor X. Like they really, oh yeah, playing that. You know, he, you know, not the greatest person, certainly. No, not at all. Not at it's all. funny because yeah. the first. When we first started watching this show, and we were talking about how, man, this Calder is nothing like the Calder we saw in Teen Yeah, Titan, man, that guy was evil. Yeah, but now you look at this Calder, you're like, oh, man, that guy gives him a run for his money. <laughs> he does, right? He might be worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this ew, uh, this Calder, man, um, the, the the gray area he's walked to get what he wants or, or what to help himself, um, it's, 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 it's crazy. Uh, I hope we get Danny back, man. I know Dorothy broke Danny in half. I hope some way he's able, Calder somehow is able to fix it. Because Danny, of course, is uh, also one of the best parts yeah. of this show. But uh, yeah, no, I'm digging it, man. This 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 series is is so good. Um, I wrote on Twitter, man. This show has no business being this good. When I, you know, heard about this show, I didn't know what to expect, and then. We heard the reviews of the first season, and you're like, "Wow, man, this is really living up to the expectation that they they started to set once people started to watch it." And season two so far, as you said, uh, Kendall or Shan, one of you guys, um, you wonder HBO's influence how this changes anything. It didn't change anything for me. I think this felt so authentic to what Doom Patrol established in season one. I cannot wait to continue uh, watching season two. We'll be bringing you guys more of these reviews moving forward, but. That's going to be it for this episode of New Generation Hero Talk. Thank you guys so much for listening in. You can catch all of our podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. 
Also catch us, our, catch us on our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media or on Facebook, New Generation Media. On Twitter, uh, New Generation Pod. And on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And follow, uh, you'll also follow me on uh, uh, Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, Action EJ Shamari's on Snapchat and Instagram, MC Sham 22 Thank you guys so much for listening once again. For Kendall, for Shamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.